Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hello, everybody. How's everybody doing? Happy Friday. Hope you guys are uh, looking forward to your weekend. I am. I've been working hard, man. I've had a lot of stuff going on this week. So I'm kind of glad to hit the weekend. Kind of glad. I want to make a quick announcement. My name is Sean. I'm going to be your uh, host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down in the state, and uh, we're here to help you. The thing is, you know, it might take us a while to get to you. California is huge. People don't realize that we've got deserts. We've got, we've got lots of farmland. We've got mountains. And so it might take us a couple days to get to you, but... Uh, we will get to you, and if we can't get to you right away, we have mediums on staff who, who can phone you and uh, talk to you about what might, may, or may, may, uh, may or may not be going on at your home or, home or business, and uh, in, in a lot of cases, they can settle it down before we get out there, but I can guarantee you it only take one to three days for us to get out to help you out, okay? Quick announcement is August 1st is going to be a sturgeon moon, one of the first full moons in August, first full moons this year, and... After the show, which would be around 7.30, 7.45, I'm going to be doing a, a, a meditation, and I want to invite you to come along with me. And this is a good chance to uh, meditate to the full moon and and, and cleanse ourselves of, of, of negativity and, and start the month anew. So if you're interested in something like that, uh, I will be having that information up within an uh, hour or two after the show on the California Haunts Meetup site. So uh, head on over there, say around, let's see, we finish here 7.30, around 9.30 p.m. Pacific, and check that out, because there's only going to be 10 spots available for that meditation. But it's going to be a really cool moon meditation, and it's kind of like the beginning of stuff, because I'm going to teach you guys how to meditate and everything, and, and get you into that. So uh, we can celebrate the, the uh, sturgeon moon of August. Okay, if you're watching from Facebook today, and you like what you see, and here... Please be sure to follow us if you haven't done so already. And something just bit me. No, I don't know. Something weird. Um, if, you, <laughs> if you're watching from uh, YouTube, I can remember all these places. If you're watching from YouTube and, again, you like what you hear and see, please be sure to uh, subscribe if you haven't done so already. Uh, you know, uh, we got 680 videos over YouTube, all different topics. Uh, I've taken some of the, the majority of those videos and put them under different uh, categories so you can find stuff easier. So depending on what you're into, if you're into uh, UFOs and alien abductions and things like that, you can go to the alien abduction files. If you're into Nancy Matz and you want to check her stuff up, there's a file for Nancy Matz. All her shows are in there. So it's a lot easier to find. And I'm still category, you know, categorizing stuff because there's a, there's a lot of shows over there. You've done three years of shows, and there's a whole lot of them. Okay. Now, if you are watching from Facebook and uh, you like what you see, give me a thumbs up, give me a heart, give me some happy faces, show me some love. Because what that does is, is the more you do that, the higher up in the rhythm of the uh, show as it puts us. And uh, Facebook sees that, and they move us up. And what that means is they distribute us out farther. So other, you know, so other people can see. You know, so the further they distribute this out, the more people can see us. Same thing over at YouTube. Thumbs up, happy faces, smileys. 
whatever you can do because that helps us. And just like uh, commenting, oh yeah, comment away tonight. You still want to see your comments? Facebook likes that too. Facebook loves it when you comment, and so that helps me as well as far as as, as far as moving up on, on on that Facebook ladder. Same thing with YouTube. Okay, that being said, I'm going to shut up now because the only announcement I had was about the August one event and. That is going, like I said, that is going to be a meditation for the full moon. And I've done these before, and they're really cool. And it's a way to start the month off clean and, and get your intentions going and, and get everything going in the right direction for the month of August. So uh, check it out, 9.30 p.m. Pacific tonight, and I should have every, all, all the information up there on the meetup. Okay? All right. Now, tonight, we're going to talk about dating. Dating, 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 dating. And who better to talk about this stuff than... Medium Nancy Matz. She's like the dating guru. I'll tell you. She is. She's like the dating guru. So she's going to come on. I'll be talking to you in a couple minutes here. See my buddy back here. He was a gift from uh, my friends in Wisconsin, Pamela uh, Schmidt. And uh, I love him. I think he's great. He fits just right back there. He's going to be co-hosting my shows, right? He's, he's checking out everything. In fact, if something goes wrong, that's something he could use the force to keep everything going. When stuff goes wrong on the show, you know? Mike starts to fall. Mike lifts up by itself. It's him. It's the force. Anyway, let me bring Nancy out, and uh, we'll get to show on the road. You and you told me you had him. I went, what is that? And now Magnorian, what was that show that was on Mandalorian? Mandalorian, yeah. The, the main character in that. Well, not not all of us watch those TV shows. I watch very few, but he is cute, and the commercials for it were really cute. Like the bodyguard that was supposed to show up and take care of him, and they said, "Who am I supposed to watch?" And they showed this little tiny thing. That one, <laughs> that's who I'm supposed <laughs> to watch. Like really, and not knowing that he's quite a handful to deal with. So it's uh, it's really cute. I, I play. You have uh -huh. the force. You have the force. Oh, that's right. Oh, listen. <laughs> you have the <laughs> hi, hi, Jerry. Um, See, yes, you never thought uh, of it that way, too. But you, you, psychics have the force. It's all that's I, what it is. Man. And I picked that up, and I've been using it. And I'll tell people. Uh, I guess I better word it really carefully. Um, instead of relying on the on the being in the sky, sometimes I'll say, "The force is with you." <laughs> You can't See? do no wrong. <laughs> See? And I said it a few times in, in our lives. It, and maybe I could tie it into dating. Who knows? When you have the force with you, synchronicity is an action. And I yes. have seen that over and over in my life. Um, to the point of being, we need to do a show on just coincidences. People probably wouldn't. Yes. I could probably half hour just on what's bizarre in my family from, um, I just, can't even go there. There's so much because I have four pages of notes here, everybody. <laughs> I got I got this uh, I, in in the theme last week it was requested that I talk about twin souls and I I uh, twin souls and soulmates and then the other one was <clears throat> people who get together vibrationally. <laughs> we have a cat. That's why we the doors open. Tail. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, this is a sweetie. He, uh, darn. This is Bud. Hi, Bud. <laughs> His meow is mother sitting in front of the door. You're on the other side. And you see the tail come through, and the first thing you think in the dark is it's a snake. So that's what gets me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, this is the the sweet one. The other one, 
pounces up here and gets across my keyboard and I'll be typing away and um, I have to keep the door open because they sleep on top of the filing cabinets. And so this is their room. And uh, I was talking to somebody about cats and I have a six foot long table because I write a lot and they've taken up a third of real estate. It's, it's amazing. Like, Oh mom, I'm going to stay up here with you. And so he's nestled in on his pillow. Um, when we, you thank you for the compliment. So in these years that I started tight, um, working this arena, um, you have a psychic medium. Yes. I talk to dead people. I do, uh, but I'm also psychic and I, I have the um, ability to step into people. And, and so subsequently, people call me about dating. What is he thinking now? And what is he going? When is he going to? I mean, it can get to the point of being nuts for me <clears throat> for all the years. But I have learned a few things. I was single 15 years between husbands. And I, you know, we who do this for a living can bump into walls like everybody else. And I have to remind myself what I tell people because I have to learn from my higher consciousness dealing with people in their situations that it's okay that you make mistakes. It's okay that we don't get the dating situation uh, figured out. Um, there are no mistakes. Coincidence is a roaring aspect of my life and everybody else's. So everybody that you've dated, even if it was bad and wrong, please don't write me letters about abuse. Uh, I don't, I can't go there. Um, you know, <laughs> you talk about I mean, Sorry to interrupt, um, but I'm thinking about you saying this, that, you know, the when you think about our lives in general, and yeah. you think about as we progress, and the way yeah. we're set up is that there's, there's, there's two or three outs for us in our life. It depends which path we choose. I think it works the same with dating. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm not always sure. So this the second marriage here, he was married before. And those years I was dating, he was married. And when he became a widower, uh, he lived in Modesto. I can't remember the gal he rented a room from. A rented mm -hmm. room. She rented a room from him. I used to lecture once a month at, or twice a month at East West Bookstore, Howe Avenue, and Fair Oaks Boulevard. So some of you in the audience may know that. And um, she had been in the business in there buying books and everything. And she saw me a lecture. And um, I was fortunate enough to work there for nine years. It was it was great, it was very nice. And this no longer there, unfortunately. Times change and business go out. So anyway, she went home and told my husband, current husband, "Oh, there's a lady you would you should meet. She's part Indian. She has my hair was almost to my waist, and he was really into Indians at the time. And she talks about mediums and." dead wives and everything and that's how I met him and it sometimes takes years for the right partner to show up and so we have to allow the failed relationships to be the filler and at the time you're going through a relationship and it doesn't work out you go oh man I... so dating expectations means what are you wanting for yourself and what are they expecting also so I'm going to give you some mm -hmm ideas that you probably the audience you out there for some reason the i'm looking at at the screen and for some reason i've never been able to figure out how to look straight up and talk and, and look at my notes at the same time they're they're right here so i i apologize for not looking directly at you i find that difficult when i'm watching other people talk um but at the same time we cannot i think you're right um sylvia brown believe that there was five exit points 
Um, I do believe now, believe in the aspect of uh, walk-ins. Um, I actually, uh, I, I didn't talk about this forever because I felt at the time that I had, it wasn't very long or I, my perception of a six-year-old. I bled out. And I had that, what they call the near-death experience. I didn't go through a tunnel. I was just greeted by this really nice lady. And she held my hand. She had light color. And she says, you can't come with me. Well, at the time, I thought, I don't want to go with you anyway. <laughs> right? And she pointed out, yeah, what, what's this? Why am I sitting next to you? Well, a seven-year-old doesn't always get it. And she says, you can't come. You have to be here. And she pointed down so I could look down. And I saw two children playing. I can only assume now looking back, that is my grandchildren, my daughter's children. So it was um, at the time we were so bewildered at first seven, I was just barely seven, like a month mm -hmm. in seven. So as a six-year-old, barely seven, what do we know of death, especially um, 1955? So we didn't even talk and had no concept, but anyway, so for, those children to have been born, those grandchildren, I had had to have met their grandfather to have the children. They're, mm -hmm. I struggle with, and I've talked about this endless hours with everybody, free will, free will versus destiny. And those relationships that don't work out. But at the time you're having them, you have to go through the steps of thinking that's the one and you have to work it out. So there's a lot of that push and pull going on, and it drives the America. I mean, it drives the world. I can I've talked to almost well, not every culture, especially you know I haven't talked to anybody in Mongolia, Russian, or have I? <laughs> a lot of countries, and it seems to make the world go around. And dating is what we're about. We continually are drawn toward having someone in our life that we care for, that cares for us, whether you call it friendships. And I told you I have a friend, uh, the honest mate. No, I met someone in high school. <clears throat> and uh, so we'll pick up the phone and talk to each other. Oh, I've been thinking about you. And, thinking, and we pick up like it was yesterday. And mm -hmm. she's been in my life since I was 13. And on when I had past life regression, I dreamt of two little girls in Greek time, chasing each one was chasing the other. And I was telling her about this past life regression. And it was at a time I didn't really embrace it yet like some of these reincarnation and children tell like talking about their past lives was kind of foreign to me i never had that in my uh vocabulary in church or my working my family world at all and she says oh let me finish that past life regression for you she says when i was a child i had a dream i've never been able to forget it i keep having it every six 12 months she says two little girls are running down the corridor and I have stolen my cousin's bread and she's going to get me and she's a little bigger and I'm just running, running, running. <laughs> and I can remember looking at this little girl ahead of me running and she's got pigtails. And all I could think about was grabbing her. <laughs> she got my bread. And it was where the hallway and turns to the left, but between me and where she turned was an open atrium. My feet were running on cold pavement, uh, stones. To get to her, I had to cross the atrium with the sun shining, and I hit the pavement, and it was hot. And in that password regression, I felt like, why would it be hot if I'm making it up? It was a, quite an amazing. 
but I could go to the places saying she's either soulmate or twin soul, some kind of connection, lifetime after lifetime. We could have that same with a gentleman or a partner in your life. And at times you can have that partner come into your life and it be a miserable relationship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't mean you get along. It means you're supposed to connect. And once you recognize each other, you go, oh, I've seen and felt you before in my arms. But at the time, that other person, that partner that was a soulmate, and you feel that inner connection, doesn't mean that person is meant to have you. And uh, I think everybody's had that situation. Um, I wrote a lot of notes. I'd like to back up and start fresh, everybody. This is important stuff. <clears throat> when I've had clients that talk about relationships and they're going to date or they're going to start a new chapter in their life, <clears throat> you know, I've talked half a day and you'd think I have a good voice. Hold on a minute. I told people I would work until I couldn't talk anymore. I hope it's not tonight. <laughs> um when I have a client that's talking about relationships, want to get dating again, it's a divorce or they're widowed or widower and, or they move across the country and they want to get back into it and they want me to describe who's coming. Well, I'm glad to do that, but don't sit at home waiting for that fella or lady to knock on the front door. You have to go out. And, oh my God, is that exciting? Is it frustrating? Is it scary? How do I do it? Where do I go? And nowadays it's online which is even scarier. <laughs> I tell my people, please don't get online. I've had a lot of clients come to me and say, oh, that was terrible online. I'm gonna, I was gonna say something and I don't wanna say that. But the thing is, <laughs> you know, I picked up something really choice, right? Oh my gosh. Um, the thing is, is that um, referrals really great and that's the best way to meet people. But I'm gonna address that a little further on. Blind dates, uh, you know, this. Sometimes it's not the best way, but if you do it casually, um, hardest thing to do is know oneself. And I've told people and over the years, I will do this in the evening. I will think to myself because I'm tired of writing all the time. I'll say to myself, who am I today? And am I doing my life the way I want? Am I having emotional fun? I'm not one to go out as much as I used to, um, but I'm emotionally happy because of what I do for a living. If that is fun, then I'll accept that. Some people, like my family, they're always going somewhere. And they go to park, the movies, they go to um, concerts. If that's fun for them, that's what they need to do. And are you having fun today? A lot of people say, no, Nancy, what are you talking about? We're going to recession. We're having hard. You can find fun and happiness working in your garden. You can find fun and happiness kissing a relative. Our family get together over spaghetti. You need to find that fun. And then you need to sit down and say, what influences me to be who I am today? I call it homework. The hardest thing in the whole world is identify you as a human being. Absolutely. Um, I like books. I like movies. I, I have 100 movies, at least 200 behind me. And they're all metaphysical, spiritual, ghost, things that interest me in this environment. Nowadays, people stream. Well, if I hooked up into every streaming service at the 125 a month or something. So I, mm -hmm. I buy the, the videos when they're on sale at Walmart or find them somewhere else, a dollar. But there are movies that intrigue me because imagination is everything. So identify that with me. Who are you? How do you identify? And the reason you need to do that 
is that you're putting to the universe who you are as a person. And I said this before, and I'll repeat it. Every time you have an action or you create or you do anything, it's a new vibration to your system. And so I, I say to people, yes, I'd like to talk. I'd like to visit with my clients and my friends. I'd like to help people. That is a vibration. That's a musical note and a part of my vibration. If you like to bike ride and work in the garden, that's another vibration. And so we need to realize that as with a Scottish kilt that the men wear and the women have the shawl and it's all those beautiful plaid colors. Well, they could be polka dot, I don't care, but you created a vibrational pattern to your being. And that's what you're needing to do to identify who you are. Now, this is the hard part. How you were abused or hurt or wounded in your childhood, did you recover or are you bringing that forward? A lot of times it's still invisible. Um, I told you my father got killed when I was six. That broke me. And when my mother remarried, I really never had that really tight connection to the stepdad because I didn't have the kind of tight connection to my father because he was an artist at Universe Studios and he was gone a lot. So in some ways, and we've done this, they say you always marry your mother or your father. I picked a very mature young man to date. I fell in love with him. I was crazy in love with him. But he also represented stability because his family was stable. And I saw in him stability, which I fell in love with. And we, we all need to identify what aspect of you is most predominant. And don't write me and say, well, I'm a drug addict. Does that matter? Well, if you recover, that's what matters. Because in some ways, every aspect of your life, and when you write it down and you say, oh, I know who I am. Um, and this is great. Um, I've had four bankruptcies, but yet I've recovered or I feel good about myself. That feeling good about yourself is what I'm looking at. That is very, very important. And I've also told people who are getting into doing readings is what are your prejudices? Because if your prejudices are part of your character, remember that make a list of who you are, you unconsciously, when you talk to a client, you'll interject that prejudice to that person say someone comes and talks to you yet they're in an abusive relationship or some other aspect of them that hurt you as a child that same thing you're going to talk to that client influence them as you would be influenced you can't do that you have to go into a reading and pick up psychically those things around you around them not you around them and give them answers for some reason i'm able to do that um been doing this 33 years you know so um but you need to do that and that's the same thing as your list of who you are be real clear because when you meet somebody that person doesn't know you that person is going into it hopefully with his list knowing that person or she and so you too need to know who you are and one of the conversations very difficult early is um going too list too far here uh is when you get together with somebody have your eyes open women and men go into a relationship a little differently and i'll speak to women and women like the idea of being in a relationship they like the idea of home and nesting and and possessions and um my future and all those kinds of things um and you need to express what you're looking for in a relationship when you're older especially when you're younger um, someone's looks, the hormones, everything gets in the way. Um, and men will go into a relationship 
when you find somebody that there's that mutual connection, that, that spark that brings people together, it's looks, it's, uh, um, I'm talking to a father about a young man and the young man, every time I go to him, he shows me a girl with blonde hair sticking out like this and come to find out I was describing someone in sports. She has a ponytail, but the blonde hair hit by the sun, he's captured that and he's carried it with him. That first recognition that's, that pulls people together and it was her hair. Mm -hmm. Who knew it would be blonde hair? And we have to look at those things. So in a relationship, he would say to her, I like sports as you do. This is important to me in my life. And she would say, I'm into sports now too, but I've always wanted to jump out of an airplane. How about you? You've got to figure out what points of interest will keep you together, but carry you through. And I talked to the one gal. She was uh, 55, 60. And it's been 15, 20. <laughs> doing this so long, you forget what year. But I remember the house, so I know it's been 15 years at least. And she says, I'm such a good catch. I says, you are. You are. You're very attractive. She, she was very lovely and she was bubbly. I says, tell me about yourself. And I was trying to pull out of her what she thought about herself. She says, I am an amazing cook. Like, really? Wow. Don't ask me to cook anything. I'm always impressed when people say I can cook. <laughs> I've struggled forever. And then she says, I'm very attractive. Yes, you are. Yes. I. And she says that I'm good in bed. And I go, all right. Well, that lasts about 10 minutes. Who else are you? And she was completely flabbergasted. I would ask that. She says, isn't that enough? I says, well... <laughs> looks don't last and there could be something that hinders you or your partner from being in bed together and you can always cook forever but what if you find somebody's got indigestion all the time and you have to change what do you have together and she had never ever thought about it she came from a perspective of her mother and i've told people forever we are the product of our parents being raised by our grandparents so we're the product of our grandparents raising our parents because that trickles down to us and i do have strange stories <laughs> my mother had indigestion forever and i never learned to cook because she couldn't she had such a limited diet and so my sister and i just never learned to cook well when i got married first husband he expected me to cook because his mother was italian she could cook everything and guess what I couldn't cook. We, we were together four years before we got married. And so I was a victim. My uh, marriage was a victim of my mother's side of the family never being able to eat. So we have to figure out those things. And uh, luckily I married somebody. I says, I can't cook. <laughs> I do a very poor job. I do cook, but it don't. I'm not excited. And he says, I cook. And I like to barbecue. And I went, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Good, I'm a good housekeeper, but so is he. So in some ways, we got those basics out of the way. Because I didn't want someone to think, oh, boy, Nancy's like, wow, wow, you know, she still works and she's busy and entertaining and all this and uh, really want a housekeeper and a cook. I went right up front. Oh, nope. So men, when we start, they start dating, they'll put on the table everything that's wrong with them. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Because if you accept those things, then they're in. They know. But we women, I tell you, I've talked to so many women. And she, they, I said, well, 
You're just now telling him how long you've been married. All five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. <laughs> we women just, we don't speak up. We don't say, I, I don't cook. Put it on the table, girls. <laughs> One guy wanted, uh, anyway, I, I tell people we need to have hobbies. And I'm always encouraging people, I don't care what it is, but find something that amuses you. And I'm really, okay. <sighs> okay. You're in the sauna sink. So I'm going to pull you off and then you can come back in. What's happening? You are out of sync. You're like a bad Japanese movie right now. Okay. So what do you want me to do? So I'm going to pull you out of the room and then you can come back in. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Where'd you go? All right. Try it now. Am I in sync now? Uh, am I talking? No. Okay. Huh? No. no. Why don't you leave the room and come back? How do I do that, hon? Just, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to boot you out and you can come back in with your camera. All right? I, so I'm going to, hang on. Hang so on. what do you want me to do? She'll be back. <laughs> and you can't get it now. Now they booted her out. That was crazy. I was hoping, because sometimes what it does, it'll, it'll, the internet will do that. It's on her end. And um, it, it'll glitch back to where she you know, it was back in sync, but it wasn't happening. I was just waiting and waiting and waiting. Um, she's got some good points about about what to tell your, your better half. I'm not an expert on this stuff, so, you know, here we go. Let's get her back in. <laughs> I hope okay. I'm okay. Wow. You're back now. Okay, so um, we've been having some issues with phones here. Um, I'm not sure what's going on. We have a lot of thunderstorms around me, so it could be I don't know. The phone service has been really, really hard here. So anyway, I want to go back to my notes and start out. Talk of your expectations and turn the question around and say, what would a potential partner have expectation of you? So what happens is we, that blind date scenario, or you find somebody online or someone says you should date, go have coffee and say, I'd like really to meet you. And, uh, you know, everybody thinks we'll be a good couple, but I'd like to know more about you. Start asking questions. And they will have the opportunity to ask you. Just because you're both attractive chemically uh, by each other doesn't mean you're a good match. And let's start out with even footing and find out what is common between you. Uh, creating the list, both for you and what you expect of a partner. Does the list work? Let's look at some things. First off, people go physical attributes. Is that person attractive? Am I wanting to be around that person? People can be very handsome and very nice, but if they eat with their mouth open and that's something that bothers you or they smoke, you've got to find those kinds of things out. Education. Uh, I put my first husband through college, 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 and he got a couple of degrees, but then I had two children. And I got a couple, two and a half or three years of college, but I never got to finish. Um, you know, I did other colleges so I could do this job. But in some ways, I've always had a little error that I didn't get to finish. Up front, in your relationship, if you're going to school or you want to finish, you have to say it. Very, very important. As well as um, there are people who are of a higher economic social level. And they can marry someone of lower social order. But that's also dangerous. 
because the one that's had more education will be in a diminishing aspect expecting more of the one who isn't educated, both directions. Mm -hmm. Women educated and they're married to somebody who isn't educated, but the expectation is very heavy. And after a while, there can be some resentment of not making as much money. Be very clear on how that affects you. Ah, their job and yours, respect, allow, long-range goals, retirement in their plans, poverty, wealth, lived on an island, um, if you lived in Hawaii, and you meet somebody, um, you lived in Hawaii as a youngster, you're now living in Sacramento, California, starting to date. And in your mind, you say, when I retire, I want to go back to Hawaii. But you meet this gosh darn beautiful or handsome person and everything. But you know what? He was born in New York City. When he retires, he wants to go to New York. To me, that's a, a failed relationship because it will never go to a place because both of you long for your childhood place of life. You've got to make sure that it's the same. Uh, my sister um, and I were born and raised in uh, Hollywood uh, by the beach. Right now, it's a big hotel on the beach that we lived at. Kind of curious. My, my sister do anything she can. She lives in Seattle to be near water. Guess what? I'm a tree person. I have no desire to live on the beach or be near sand. Ugh. Get to my shoes, right? But you put me in a, in a mountains where I can run or ride a horse or hike. I'm just as happy as a clam. So I, I have found people in my life who like to do trees versus ocean. Very important to figure that out. Um, New York City, and you adjust to what they expect. Children, yours, his, or potential. Uh, how many times have I been told by my client, I met this wonderful person, but I don't want any more children. I've had one or two or three, but they want one. Please do yourself a favor. Maybe that's not the most important thing for you, this person, because if you've already had one or two or three children, and the same with him, he's had children and make somebody who does not have a child but wants one, that's a deal breaker. Because the resentment level is huge. Very hard when someone sets their mind. And I've had a lot of people call me and said, well, I've just had my third child. I go, we only wanted two. I said, well, why did you have three? Well, we were having trouble with our marriage, and I thought if I just had one more child, let keep him here. Instead, it made him go away. Please don't have more children to save a marriage, everybody. <laughs> or don't marry somebody and then have a child because that's a condition of his wanting to be married to you. A woman having a child because a husband wants it, there'll be a disconnect. That is actually more common in my clients than you'd be. It's kind of surprising. Um, I, I respect, if you, if you don't want any children this lifetime, please live your life, discover who you are, have 10 next time. Or maybe you had 10 and you got all worn out. You're trying just for you this lifetime. I do believe in that. That's perfectly all right. But if you have a child, because that's part of the condition of being married to that one person, they have no children, they want a child. Oh, you don't have any children? Oh, I can have just one. That emotional will be disconnected from that child. It's not fair to the child. Find somebody else. <clears throat> because there are plenty of people out there. Um, and it's hard for you to hear that with me. Let me tell you, it's amazing how many times I hear it. And it break, breaks my heart because you marry or you bring children together. Um, and it's not the right dynamics to make a lasting mm -hmm. 50, 60 year marriage. <clears throat> Why go to the trouble of dating 
and marrying if it's not intended to be lifelong. And I'll tell you right up front, um, <clears throat> life is hard. My Both my husband and I have had serious, serious illnesses, um, went through the bankruptcy-ish, uh, lost a couple of houses, very difficult. Life's hard and then it gets rough. It's easy to do with a partner that you get along with and don't have expectations, you know who they are. Please make it right for yourself. Don't go into it with the wrong dynamics. Um, <clears throat> the husband who might not love you as much as you, uh, you to him, but he comes into the marriage and the first conversation is, I'm wanting to have children. Don't be a brood mare. <laughs> the relationship will be yours as a housekeeper, cook, mother, not lover, or love mate, because you won't love the person. You just want to be married. Blind date set up. Good idea, but ask for coffee first. Then have dinner with a couple that thinks you're the perfect uh, couple together. And you've heard of many people say, oh, I want you to meet somebody and we'll double date. Uh-uh, don't do that. Because the other couple go on and say, oh, you're so cute together. We just knew you would like each other. And then one will say, oh, are you going to have dinner again? Are you going to get together again? And they're saying, oh, hell no. Excuse me. <laughs> but they're forced into it because this couple thinks you're the greatest match in the whole world. That is a very, very bad idea. Please believe me. Eight out of ten don't make it. Because the expectation is greater and it shadows you getting to know the person honestly. And you don't want someone around telling you to go out again. Over coffee, it's either going to make or break it. The first time you'll know. First time. And they say things that I've heard this. We are so cute together and you'll just love him, her. You'll just love <laughs> each other. <laughs> Not necessarily. What if there's no chemistry? Or one eats with their mouth open or changes job as often as you brush your teeth. Oh, excuse me. That would, you know, we are different. And it's crazy because universe expects us to find that perfect person and just be right for each other. And we spend all life not with that person. You know, people like myself and my first husband, we just went to school together and met at a dance. And he asked me to dance. And he went with a fella that asked my friend to dance. And we ended up together. Of course, I fell in love with him, he with me. But 99% of the time, it doesn't work like that. You have to meet on different dynamics other than just dancing. Uh, often men will say after, very soon after meeting a woman, they like, I have these things in my life and perhaps you will not like, but they are. And if you're willing to accept these things, like I sleep with my socks on year round and you find out he has 10 toe functions. A ten toe fungus. <laughs> if you accept that because you are desperate for that relationship, it will fail. <clears throat> we women often wait five years to start complaining on what they expect or what we have hidden from the, the man because of fear of rejection. And the number of women who said to me, you know, I just didn't tell him that because I didn't want him not to like me. And I said, and you've been together how, oh, five years. And you're just now wanting to tell him after five years. We women just don't do that. We don't go into it by saying what's wrong or what's bad or expectations, because we want we want to be accepted. We want um, we want someone to like us. And rejection is very hard. By the way, my mother is super poor and is expecting me to house her for the last twenty years of her life. <laughs> oh, excuse me, no, no. I had a child out of wedlock, and the man is raising the child in another state. When the child th turns 13, he wants me to continue to raise her. That's happened a lot. 
don't wait. Say what is potential partnership killers. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with taking care of a parent, but don't go into a relationship thinking, oh, if I had a partner when my mother expects me to start taking care of her, be cheaper and easier. Oh, excuse me. It doesn't work that way unless you marry a saint because relationships, and that hurt my marriage. My grandmother expected me. Uh, I was pregnant with my second child. She started losing her eyesight. And my mother, her daughter-in-law, and my other sister didn't get along with her, but I did. And I'm taking care of her for 13 years outside the house. But I put a ter terrible strain. It wasn't like I knew that was going to happen. If I did, I would have said, by the way, this is going to be terrible. And um, it was. I, I sometimes worry, wonder if that pushed us apart because she was going blind. And her blindness, uh, she was Christian, um, Christian scientist. We don't believe in doctors. And she didn't take care of her glaucoma. And she kind of went insane. It was very, very difficult. Uh, potential partnership killer. If I'd known what I'd married Larry, I would have told him. And then we would have had to talk about it. Um, tar this topic is hard to talk about, but it does need to come up. Uh, everybody in their family, and Char and I talk endless hours about illnesses and family health and everything. Uh, when my mother started failing, she didn't want to live in hot weather like me. <laughs> but my sister lived in Seattle. She moved up there to be with her, and my sister took care of her. Now, they did have a decent relationship, um, but she um, came from the era of um, yes, honey. <laughs> depression. And she had um, unusual desires and needs, like the uh, streaming service we have now. When she was uh, ill and bedridden, Bonnie paid 150 and that was in 06789 for a special TV for her. And that comes out of your pocket. You got to look at health and money issues. Um, and this has happened to me too. So not me. Um, I've always been healthy. It's after I got married that I had cancer. My first marriage, my second one, I've had other things. But my husband hasn't been ill too. So we've been in for the long haul. But this happened too. Uh, a lady comes to me. She says, I've had cancer in my family. There is cancer in my family and a lot of the cancer deaths because of it. I'm starting to date. And what is my responsibility to tell the new men in my life? And I said, you have to be honest and say, I don't expect anything to happen to me. I, I've been very healthy. I'm a super athlete. And people look at me and they go, oh, my God, you know, you've had that. I says, genetics, who knew? But if I knew there was all this in my family, because after I got sick and the family started investigating what was going on, by golly, other people had the same thing. So would you have told your, your partner coming in? Absolutely. Uh, tell your family history with, within the five to six dating events. Get to know the person first before you share what is difficult and be honest. Some people think who've had trauma in their families may not be emotionally okay with dealing cancer again. Do not judge them. That's actually happened to me. Um, so in some ways, it's difficult for people to know how sick you were because I was very sick. I had stage three plus and I didn't expect to live. And when I got it in 87, <laughs> my husband's sneezing, um, people died. And so when I was single, I was very discerning. And someone said to me, I, I'm not emotionally healthy enough to take 
a relationship knowing that you could die from cancer. That actually happened to me. And then it happened in reverse. Um, I found, I, I found somebody I really like. He was very interesting because he was an eBayer. And when I saw, yes. And he said, I'm very successful at it. He said, I was working in a normal world, working normally. And he says, I got, came down with diabetes. He was a little heavier, but I, re, I have very fond thoughts of him because he was really a nice, nice person, but he, um, couldn't work normal mainstream. He had to be home because he was into shots and this and that. And I, after a couple months, I, I really had to be honest with him. Uh, it was all one that this happened. And I says, I'm not emotionally uh, in a place because single and I was working the psychic business and medium, psychic medium, and I was doing lectures. I was doing events all the time. I don't have the emotional um, strength to deal with this building this business for my life. And if you need me, if you were to need me, I can't do that rubber band. It was just more than I could deal with. Um, and I was very honest with him. And if you're not honest and you go into it, you'll be resentment and then the relationship will end and then more damage is done. Um, I have an expression I tell people, never damage another soul because that will always uh, come back at you and you will be haunted by having damaged another soul in relationships own what is right I could not deal with it as that person who knew I had cancer couldn't deal with it and I didn't have hurt feelings about it because I felt it was okay but that also then gave me permission to tell this man that I really liked I mean I really did like him and we went dancing and we just laugh it was wonderful but he was very ill for someone to have to take shots all day long, it was more than I was emotionally capable of dealing with at the time. Um, I just want you to know, don't damage someone else by saying, well, I don't like you. And the real reason is because they have an illness. Don't say to somebody, get away from me. I don't blah, 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 blah. Tell the truth. That's very hard for us to be honest. Um, man dating woman who is divorced is in debt. How many times have I had someone come talk to me about a woman in their life, you know, I found somebody really crazy about, but she's got 40, 50, 60, $70,000 in debt. I says, uh, prenup, they are responsible for that forever. And keep your money separate, not joints. If you really have to have this woman, make sure you're protected. Had that conversation with that partner. Um, that's very difficult because I've had several clients, men and women, women who want to date in their debt, men who had divorced and they're paying a lot of money every month. Uh, you have to be open. You have to go there. Um, our starting date and you really like them. And they say, I've always, I've always wanted to own a small business. And that is my long, long-term plans. I only need $50,000. And because you want to keep him as a partner, you come up with the money and within a year of investment, the business fails. Then what? Were you married or did you say, well, well, we'll be married eventually, right? So you give him that because you want to keep him. That has actually happened. I've had a dozen calls over these 33 years of people giving money to a potential partner in, in hopes of I'm going to win them over because I want to be that investor for them and it's going to be wonderful. And then it doesn't work and then they're out that much money. Um, are you wealthy? Be clear to want a partner of character and personality, not money. 
I would rather if you have money not to say anything, put it in a trust, put it in investment, put it away. If it is part of your life and your family and vice versa, if a partner coming in, realize that money takes money to make my money, um, business or family money is a business that takes a lot of time. And because someone has money doesn't mean their character is any better than anybody else's or are they ha happy people? When you have money or you have a high paying position where you get paid a lot, it takes a lot of work to maintain your life and to be happy because people around you have heavy, heavy expectations of you. I, in my world, um, if I were to encourage someone to date, if they have money, they should say it, not say it. If you do, don't say it. It's better not to know. And I've had clients, women more than men, who have inherited from their parents passing away. Somebody I know got a lot of money. I says, that is nobody's business but yours. You told me, but I'm never going to ask you for anything. Put it away. Do not bring it up. Because they should fall for you and the way you live in your life without knowing that you have money. As the same, it's not the same as the reverse. You need to tell somebody if you're deep, deep in debt, because that could affect the dynamics. But money, sometimes, and I'm not a fool. Of course, I bought, I've got my lotto tickets right here. I'm not a fool. <laughs> but I'm also married forever. So it's uh, right now, you know, right now we're playing the lotto. And uh, everybody, good luck. Only takes one person. That one person's South, I forgot, Los Angeles area. Can you imagine how exciting that is for that person? Um, um, so I have clients that have money. And someone in the family is marrying someone with money. And I said to the client, which is um, not a bad thing, but the family has money. And I said, that's a business. So whatever work they're going to do, that has to be in addition to the family dynamics. People don't think of that. Um, sometimes money can stop you from going to the beach every day. Anyway. Uh, okay, so marry for, a lot of people marry for money. The marriage will fail. You find somebody that's got money. Oh, I'm going to make, I'm just as the one I want. <laughs> and you go, I'll take what, I'll take it with somebody eating with their mouth open all day long. If they got, no, that doesn't make it. That will fail. Money gets in the way. Don't date. Don't tell anybody. Money does not make happy. Um, family money can be a full-time job to continue keeping up with the dollars needed for their business or their family estate. Be sure you're aware of how the money family money is of the business and how much time is needed for your time together to maintain that money. People don't think of that. Sometimes I found over the generations, uh, decades I've been doing this, the happiest people, the ones that plan and create for an outcome. They work together. My first husband and I, <clears throat> we worked to put the money together to build the garden or put our money together to get the Jeep. Working towards something is most satisfying thing in the world planning a vacation to go to the ocean or go to the mountains usually the mountains was very exciting because we saw the end result of planning uh church clients who connect are connected he was exact oh this is a client uh found that perfect man Ugh, and i was so excited for her. he was exactly the age the job the person and then the deal breaker 
she called me up crying. She says, oh, the deal breaker. I thought, what's a deal breaker? So she gave me this. He belonged to a very large church out of Florida. I'm not going to say it. Whom she just could not identify with. Uh, she had nobody in her life with that church. She knew it to be um, controlling. And she broke up with him because he would not give it up. In fact, he would expect a partner to join his church. And that wasn't going to happen. And I really liked him. Uh, Democrat, Democrat or Republican? Well, it depends how serious you are about it. So, um, Joy, a bunch of flashing going on here. Did you see that? No? Um, huh? It's the angels. It's the angels. It's the angels. It was really something here. Yeah, it's angels. Um, hello, everybody. Um, Democrat, Republican. In, in today's society, um, there's a lot of extremism. And if you're one versus the other, you want to want to talk about it. You need to talk about it. Easy to explain that one. Extremes on both sides. And um, it's too bad. I wish we could get along better. Um, but that if you start dating, maybe you better say if that's important. You better put it up front. If you're dating and you've fallen for this guy and all of a sudden you want to move in together, lend money's agreement. Oh, hello. No. If you're 20 years old, that's different. You don't have anything. But if you're 50, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old and you've had a life, don't put your money together. Have a joint. Put money into it. Keep it separate. Keep your independence. Um, marriage are expectations for a common law ownership for joint property. So you put your money together, but you're not married. Common law, maybe. If he dies, what happens? If you're expecting to inherit it, not necessarily his children will be entitled. You may have to sell everything. Make sure when you move in together and there's common property, go see an attorney if you have to. You and find out what your rights are, men or women I'm joining. Talking to tonight, man or woman. One of the biggest issues which I have been trained on is how to do, have not been trained. Excuse me, I did have that not there. One, there's a few areas I've not been trained on. And then one of them was addictions. In all these years, I've probably had two or three family problems with addiction. And it's very hard to know. Uh, I did have a gal that was very high on coke and we saw, I saw her at a psychic fair and people say to me, well, Nancy, can you read people who are drunk? And um, I says, oh my gosh, the most open people in the world, the alcoholics are the ones been drinking. I've entertained in clubs on cruise ships <laughs> and I look for those. Those are real easy to read. Um, ones on drugs are a little different depending on how secretive they want to be. But the little girl, she was just darling. And she says, I, I'm a Coke addict, but I want to have a baby. I says, you're talking to me about this? <laughs> very, very difficult. Because had she told her husband. So another client of mine moved in with somebody, not married. And he wanted a big house in what we call the better neighborhood. They found this mansion. And he says, I'll put it in your name so that you have it. So this client was absolutely thrilled. Well, guess what? He was a coke addict. He didn't, he lost his job because he was coke addict on the job and he used all his savings up and then he couldn't help pay the big bills on this mansion. So that client got rid of him, but got stuck with this monstrosity. I don't know how to tell you when you start dating somebody, if they're, 
addiction issues. But be aware there are signs you have to learn. I cannot advise. Um, I just, it's hard because people who have issues like that mask it, hide it, make it secret. It's very difficult to know sometimes. And I don't want to scare people because it's, it's not something that happens all the time. Oh, boy, that's a tough one. Um, uh, sometimes when you talk, deal with people, and this happened to me, you're, I've already told you, so I don't mind telling it again. Make clear who you are. I'm going to say it one more time. I have a career path. Um, I was engineering supervisor, Pacific Bell. Can't get more. <laughs> square so if i was in the dating field with that as a job i would probably have no problem but getting into this i've already been this way psychic meeting all my life it started really getting extraordinarily bigger about 73 when my son was born um and i over the years it just exploded until um for so many stories i can't share but one gentleman said to me, and I already said this for a good chuckle, he said, the house is full of people. I never feel alone with you. And I, I, um, I found that quite extraordinary. And looking back, I think it was because this was who I was. And maybe he didn't want somebody everybody else wanted to talk to. Like, what, what's your business? I'm on the phone a lot. I had clients all the time. And even though I, I liked him a lot, remember I said, maybe he, he was a filler before I could meet my current mm -hmm. husband. But he, you have to find somebody who wants and uh, respects you and what you do for a living. And because of that, I will own the fact that I don't have a career path that is normal. And it's not like it's, it's talked about at parties. And the second gentleman that I really fell for, he, had, he was a very high professional. And it didn't work. And he kind of drifted away and married somebody else. And it occurred to me, I had to think about it a lot, that I would never be able to mingle at parties with him because everybody asked what I do for a living. So I was not acceptable. And that's okay too. Because, <clears throat> and I understand where he was coming from. I don't know how to explain my wife. I love what she does. But not everybody will, and I don't want to be controversial. Hi, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little tiny. Um, and that's okay, too. You have to be honest with yourself. Um, and I do believe in the divine. Um, the man I married is fully aware who I was. I was brought messages in from his dead wife and the work I was doing. And he did retire. Not that that meant anything, but in one way, someone said to me, he allows you to work and twirl around like a crazy woman. He is your anchor. That was good enough. An anchor, good, good, solid. Cooks, great. <laughs> and another thing too is, and this is the last parting thought, there is such a thing as a good match, but you're combative. You like to argue a lot. And that's healthy as long as you know you're bantering all the time uh my first husband uh his family were german italians whoa <laughs> cats <laughs> the whole table shaking that's 
<laughs> scratching. And they were used to a lot of noise. Well, I grew up in a very quiet household. So when I knew I was looking for a partner, all the people I dated, I paid attention to how loud they were. I'm very quiet. And this husband's quiet. And to me, it doesn't man mean that the first husband, the dynamics, why he broke up, I think was my grandmother, the cancer, a lot of things got in the way. Um, I would have, you know how it is. And I look back and I realized that if I was to be married again, I would like a quieter household. I want you to think about those things. Who are you? Put a list together of your wishes, wants, hopes, and desires. And if you can find somebody that listens to that, and then if they, if you could get conversation and say, what are your thoughts and your plans and your desires for the rest of your life? Life is hard and it's better and more, sometimes more fun to be able to do it with a partner. I'm all for marriage commitment. However you look at it, if you're not gonna marry, can they make a commitment statement? or write something up that says we are committed forever. It doesn't matter to me because everybody wants love and desires, um, attention. Uh, we want to be acknowledged and validated in our life. And sometimes having a partner will do that. As long as behind the scenes, your list of who you are matches with who they are or what they want. You could find somebody that you said, you know, I've always wanted to live in a cabin, but my life is in turmoil now. You meet somebody whose life is in turmoil but they've always wanted to live in the cabin. Well, how can we network our, our lives together to end up in that cabin? That to me is success because you're wanting to go that direction and you have a plan how to do that. And I think that's what makes us happy is making the plans long range and saying, this is what we want. A lot of you know that I lived in the mountains. Larry and I had this mountain we lived on and the illness took him and we moved on to Oroville in a temporary. And so when I finally sold the house after three summers, then there was some illness and that he had some stuff. And then one day he said to me, you know, if we're going to move, we need to do it this summer, not next. And I think it's because of, we're just getting older. And guess what? Mm -hmm. We moved to the trees again, <laughs> not as high, but it was because this is what we, how we identify with peacefulness and future and living so that we've only been in this house four weeks and this is it i'm of course i said that when we moved to hornbrook too but life took a another direction so you find your path and you find out where you belong and you find somebody who has the same plans well hello everybody we got someone new uh vera hello and marissa hello sweetie so I hope you had fun tonight. I kind of condense it. I mean, it was only an hour, but I hope I entertained you and you learned something from me tonight. Okay, expectations, very difficult. I kind of brought a different way of looking at it, I hope. Okay? Absolutely. Okay, guys, um, Sunday I'll be back, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, to read from Omnipresent. Great book, spooky, oh my God, spooky. And I'm going to have to remember to ground better when I read it because... Like I said, uh, during the week, uh, in the beginning, she puts a warning out there saying that if you're going to read this book, be sure to ground yourself because <laughs> people have, have had issues, and I have had computer issues and whatever else issues all week. So, you know what? 
I'm going to ground myself really good Sunday when I read this book. Monday, uh, Quentin Wheeler is going to be with us. And he has an interesting take on what's going on right now with the environment and animal extinctions and plant extinctions. So we're going to be talking about that Monday. And that will be at 6.30 p.m. Pacific as well. Anyway, uh, remember, uh, give me a couple hours after the show. And I'm going to be setting up that 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 uh, meditation for the full moon for you guys. And it's a chance to absolve and, and, and anything you might have going on. So you can start August off with a bang and, and start real you know, start cleansed. I'll teach you how to do the meditation. And uh, it'll be probably a 5 to 15 minute meditation. And I think you're going to like it because I have a lot of stuff I want to do with it. And I'm going to teach you guys how to do this. And I might be putting together, it looks like I might be doing a month, a, a, a almost every night kind of meditation for people to attend so they can work on their health and work on different things, you know, aspects of their lives. But this is the first start of it, and it's going to be the full moon meditation, at the Sturgeon Moon. And the Sturgeon Moon goes back, I'll give you a quick history. The Sturgeon Moon goes back to, uh, I can't remember the state, another brain fart. But it was during this time that people, <laughs> it was during oh, this time that, that, just people spill it would, out. Yeah, that people would go fishing. And they would catch a lot of sturgeons during this during this full moon, so this is why it became called the sturgeon moon. <laughs> but it's it's in the south somewhere. That's all. I know. Oh, it's in the south somewhere. That's all good. <laughs> it's out here because the Sacramento <laughs> River has has sturgeon too, so it's probably out mm -hmm. here too. But it, it was during this particular full moon in August that that this would happen, and and it seemed like the the uh, the the sturgeon bites would would be more, and people would catch more sturgeons. And I see a cat tail, and that's too funny. And um, <laughs> so that's what this is about. And it's, it's a mystical time, and it's a time for cleanse. You know, every time there's a, uh, the, there's a full moon like that, it's a way to cleanse yourself and, and, and open yourself back up to, to great things, to cleanse yourself of negativity and open yourself. So that's what we're going to be doing that night. So check us out, California Haunts Criminal Investigation Team Meetup. Check us out. Give me maybe 9.30 p.m. Pacific. I think that'd be great. It be two hours. Uh if you like what you saw tonight, please be sure to hit those like buttons and those thumbs up and all that good stuff. It puts us higher up in the algorithm for Facebook. Does so the same thing on YouTube. So if you're ever on YouTube watching, please, please please do that if you like what you saw. Also, if you haven't done so already on Facebook and you haven't followed us, you should follow the show. Okay? Follow the show. I like to do some really cool videos. Look at this. I'm reading things. Hang on. Where's your magnifying thing? Honey? Yes, I'll be posting it. I will be posting it. I know it's the magnifier is down further down. I'm cleaning in here. You know when you clean, you move everything, and so it's like, yes, yes, I will be posting it. I will be posting it. Yeah, it'll be posted over at the meetup group. Mm -hmm. Um. I, okay. Yes. Okay. So be sure over on. Uh, um, now I got through them off. Okay. <laughs> oh yes, Facebook. So if you don't, you haven't done so already, please feel free to. Follow, 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 follow. We're looking for more followers, and I'm also doing a lot of TikTok work, so you'll see a lot of crazy videos. I have, I have, I have a real insane personality, and you could tell. I just don't like to concentrate on serious, ghosty things. I like to, I like to change it up a bit. So if if you if you see my TikToks, you know, come across Facebook and stuff, you can tell. All right, over on YouTube, same thing. If you haven't subscribed and and, and you'd like to, be feel free to do that. That's free. Uh, we have over 681 videos over there, and again, I, I categorize them so you can find the stuff easier. Otherwise, it's just totally confusing. 
And uh, again, thumbs up, hearts, happy faces, puts this up in the algorithm. Okay, that being said, and like I said, give, give me a couple hours to post this uh, to post this uh, meditation up in the Facebook. Uh, then I will see you hopefully on Sunday when I do the read of the haunted book, the, the true true story of a haunted book. Haunted book. True story of a haunted house, not a haunted book. Well, it could be here, but haunted house. All right, I will see you, and I will give you Nancy's information and stuff. And here we go. You can hear my my neighbors got their radio on right now too. It must be Friday night. Here we go. Okay, you got websites: nancymats.com, nancymatsauthor.com. The N, the M, and the A are capitalized. You got youtube.com forward slash Nancy Matt Psychic, and the N, the M, and the P is capitalized. You've got Nancy's books. Help get me out of this funk. Two worlds. Developing your psychic skills. And the unwilling sacrifice. And of course, those can be obtained at Amazon. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, I'll see you guys Sunday. And again, give me a give me an hour and a half, two hours to get that event posted over at the meetup. See you there. Bye.